always room for the wicked. There's always room by the sea. There's always room for no one. Or there ain't no room for me. There's always hope, said the captain. There's always hope if you pay. There's always hope on weekends. Or there ain't no hope today. My, my family history, there's a, a book that was written by my great-grandfather who was basically responsible for getting our family out of Germany in the Second World War. Uh-huh. And my, my grandfather and his wife, uh, um, my, no, and his and his daughter, who is, my, who is my grandmother. On this episode of Playtime, the words and music of Berlin-based singer-songwriter David Starrs. I'm W.C. Turk, author, artist, and playwright. There's always help for a stranger. There's always help if you need. There's always help from Jesus. Or there ain't no help in me. Or there ain't no help in me. Sasha Daw, better known as David Starr's musical style, defies simple categories. Post-punk folk is as close as I've come, but that still falls short in describing the work of this eclectic young artist. Think the Norwegian-German shoegazing sound of The Whitest Boy Alive as a starting point, with perhaps a hint of Jeff Tweedy's sideways sarcasm and James Dean's squinting scowl that questions the underlying fabric of deeply held assumptions all with a sublime, youthful freedom at the sunset of that inherent innocence. David's first five-song EP, The Cellar Sessions, comes amid a number of independently released singles and videos, including critical collaborations with local DJs, The Hustle, and DJ Kaitech. His website is davidandthestars.com, and you can also find him on Instagram at davidandthestars. How's it going? How, how did I do with the, uh, with the intro? <laughs> that's amazing thank you you have quite a way with words yes uh, so, some people would call it bs but uh, <laughs> so uh, and, and by the way welcome i'm, I'm eating uh, mcdonald's as a as a shot to, to putin and russia who just uh, who just lost all their mcdonald's which i think is really the most important aspect of this this whole crisis is is that russians can't get mcdonald's anymore not that people are dying and maternity wards are being bombed and, and shelled and we're on the precipice of World War III, Russians can't get Big Macs. Yeah, it seems, it seems to be some type of critical infrastructure in a way, you know. How is all of this playing Germany? The entire situation um, seems kind of surreal, I think. Um, yeah. And I guess you can feel it with people that you have conversations with and um, the feeling in the city 
I think everyone's just kind of on edge a little bit. And I've been I've been speaking with artists throughout the Ukraine and Ukrainian artists here in the states uh, as uh, as part of my my focus on uh, on all this as well. And wow. I'm forever astounded at the lack of insight into first of all first of all the issue and its resonance throughout Europe particularly in Poland, Germany, and the Baltic states, Romania, Hungary, that are are seeing uh, all the refugees. But um, just the lack of understanding of the human cost and the human toll for for people who have to live through this, uh, if they're able to live through it at all. Yeah, it's a a terrible situation. Uh, There's like 3 million people that are now without homes. Mm-hmm. Um, that are, they're not refugees and um, people are becoming aware of that and they're definitely feeling it as well and it's a terrible terrible thing because i i'm always very cognizant of this especially having gone through uh through the war which is where uh, in in bosnia where i met Vedran, is that we keep infecting succeeding generations with with our hate, with our cruelty, with our our selfishness and our ignorance, I know that those younger generations don't want any part of this. But they they get forced into it either either through conscription or or just a brutal loss of of that that innocence that comes along with the horrors of of war. Yeah, um, we've had such a long time of peace now, right? Yeah, um, since in Europe, especially, and yeah. I think at some point, um, things become really good, and we become used to a standard of life. And the generations, with your point, there's, I think it's a, it's a, it's important to be very um, aware of where this is going to go in the future mm-hmm. and how, how people are going to respond and what are we leaving people with and, and equipping them with to continue developing to a better society um, and a functioning without this type of conflict um, mm-hmm. where um, people are just able to do crazy things without um, consequence. I mean, there's consequence, but yeah if they were only able to realize the damage that they're doing to, to children and young people, I keep coming back to this, this chance meeting I had in a bus station in Zagreb at the end of the Bosnian war. It was a, it was a father with two young refugee children, just about the same age, maybe, maybe nine or 10 years old. I remember the smaller kid was and they were going from person to person asking for for help or for food and the younger brother was was eager to to jump in and say please and thank you you know for for any help that they could get but boy i remember his older brother's eyes who was standing right behind him and and just this this look of i've already been i've already been hurt if you raise a hand to me again, I will strike out at you harder than you can ever you can ever imagine. And and that is that that feels to me that that seed was planted in that child 
by adults, by people in in power. But uh, we're here. We're here to talk about music. So I, I thank you for for just a little diversion. I think it's kind of important for people to Definitely. to maintain a, a a level of awareness as we're as we're going through this. Let me let me ask you this, man. Who's David Stars? David Stars is a, a music project that I created. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of started in 2018 officially. Yeah. Um, I started making a lot of music when I was at university in South Africa. It kind of built up and then I decided after my degree there to come here to, to Berlin and, and pursue that. So I think 2000, 2018 really, really got going as a, as an acoustic project first. Okay. Um, and it's kind of just developed from there. Was there, was there a difference because, uh, and, and we'll refer to you from, from this point on as David stars, but Sasha Daw is, is a, is a perfectly great name, brother. Was there, was there a separation that you needed to make between one part of your life and the music part of your life? I think, well, thank you for the compliment <laughs> about my name. I think David, well, David is my second name. My, my full name is Sasha David Dorr. I inherited that name from my, my great grandfather. So it's kind of like something that's kind of gone through um, mm -hmm. the lineage. And um, so I pay homage to that in, in, in the way. And then the stars is kind of like the creative aspect and the, and the kind of out there more materialistic thing. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Uh, you write, you write on your website in your bio, uh, and I'll quote you here: "A humming somewhere deep out of the Namibian desert landscape, uh, one of which has become as familiar as the cry of the jackal to those who live in that dry place." You're from, uh, or you're you're actually from South Africa, right? But but your dad got a job in Namibia. Um, I'm originally from Namibia. Okay. Um, and, and then I went to South Africa for school, Okay. Uh, for, for high school and university. Um, but I traveled back and forth there. And my father works in Namibia. There are some African motifs that come out in, in your music. How does that time there inform your music, which has, by the way, a, a decidedly European, solidly Central European um, flavor? But again, those those African notes and and maybe maybe some some South African notes that uh, that I'm missing that uh, I'd love you to um, fill in the gaps a, a little bit. Well, I, I guess I grew up in the bush. So my father is a miner and uh, we grew up on a mine. Uh -huh. And bas basically, that's how I, I, I was friends with all the other mine kids. And um, we were running around the mine and uh, <laughs> doing things in the bush. So very kind of like ground grounded upbringing in that way. But growing growing up in, in, in Africa has its has its effects on, <laughs> on your your who you become later in life. And yeah. um, I think that's kind of how it's, how it filtered into me, maybe. I mean, that's how, how it comes out in the music. And, yeah, no, I'm thinking specifically of, of there's a, uh, a choral interlude in uh, Wicked and the Homeless.
all this talk in the papers There's all that talk on the screens There's all this talk for nothing Cause there ain't no talk for me Oh, there ain't no talk for me Talk about talk about that that particular motif, or where it, where it comes from, or, or or why it resonated with you, and and fit in the song so beautifully. The motif there, yes, I, I agree. That's a, has a feeling kind of of just something very natural and homely to me. So I think the the wicked and the homeless was written as a song to refugees, actually. Uh-huh. Kind of draws on my feeling of where home is so i think that's where that motif came from so find your way way and um i think that's that's kind of where it filters filters in from do you you think do you think that an artist especially now where there's a there's a a righteous sensitivity to cultural appropriation that a non- African artist or, or an artist with without a solid connection to Africa like you do, that they would be able to, to pull off that texture in, in a song. It's a great point. I mean, cultural appropriation is something that I've definitely faced with myself um, as a white person from, from Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, like being African to a certain degree and then also being European to a certain degree, to maybe a larger or a certain degree you kind of have to f- find that balance within yourself and it's a it's a very relevant thing to be aware of i think and the and being aware of of, of cultural appropriation and what what or how you use what, what's what you're coming up with is it genuine you know is it really coming from a place of wanting to reach something with a particular method or you know so it's not really a conniving feeling for me it's more like a just natural outcry. You have a really interesting heritage and a story that that I think builds out a, a larger narrative for Europe, for history, maybe for this time. You are of German and Jewish descent. Yes, yes. Um, I'm a German Jew. My my family history. There's a, a book that was written by my great grandfather, who was basically responsible for getting our family out of Germany in the Second World War. Uh-huh. And based, my my grandfather and his wife, uh, um, my no, and his and his daughter, who was then my who is my grandmother, they were put in a concentration camp, and um, through a business connection, they were able to escape to africa to rhodesia um then which was which is now zimbabwe and zambia and um malawi so my father was born in malawi as kind of like the first born generation of african wow um and um they kind of in in rhodesia then some there was kind of a war that broke out um and they kind of followed another story of exodus um to south africa um where they were basically living in a caravan, my grandparents, and um, they were struggling. And my father then did his own thing, traveled through Africa. Um, he, got, he was conscripted, but um, he, he decided to do his own thing. Wow. And um, yeah, and he learned a lot. And I'm, I'm very grateful for my father and just what he's brought to everything in my life. That's an incredible so, story. Uh, we, we, could, we could do a show 
just on that, man. You said your your grandfather wrote a book about these experiences. Yes, yes. There's a book. Um, it's kind of draws out what's what happened and a bit of a timeline. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll link you up with it and please, uh, please. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and and then and then we can we can talk about that at a at a at a later date as well. Um, that that's that's absolutely incredible. So so then you you ended up going to uh, going to college in uh, South Africa. Yes, yeah. Um, I went there to study a commerce degree and a law degree. And so the guitar just came naturally to to commerce and law. <laughs> uh, the guitar came before that. Um, and I kind of just, I love playing guitar with the, with my, um, just as a young kid. Yeah. And my father, my father had a, had an old guitar. So I used to strum around on that. And then that zombie song, you know, the first ones that you learn on the guitar. Uh-huh. What's your name? What's your name? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? He is he rich like me? Has he taken, has he taken any time, any time to show, to show you what you need to live? Tell it to me slowly, tell you why, I really want to know. When did you decide then that you wanted to be uh, a musician, professional musician? I think I, I wanted to be a musician professionally since the day I was born. I've always dreamed about being in music and making uh-huh. music and sh- sharing that. Um, I just never really had the courage to go after it. And um, so when I ended up in commerce doing that, then after my third year, then I kind of decided whether I could continue doing law for another two years and get my <laughs> law degree as well or, or do my own thing. Um, but then I decided to continue doing law and play music on the side. And then I did a lot more music than, than law. Um, but I still ended up passing everything and um, made a lot of progress with, with the music too. You know, just yeah, um, yeah. really just focusing on practicing and uh, ended up doing a live, a live show towards the end of my year. In um, the five years at university, there was a show called... Um, uh, the Provost at the Provost Cafe, the Sunday yeah. sessions, and we had like a live group of musicians there, like seven of us, and we'd go like every every Sunday and play in front of people. So that wow. was a very good learning experience for me for like a year, mm. and then I came here. So we're we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot of mu- a lot of your music here. I want to break down a number of it, but I would be remiss if I didn't also cover this regarding food. Dawes German herds do not influence his dietary choices. Price, however, does. I follow the cheapest diet I can find. I can buy what I can with the amount of money I have and try to make it as long as possible. One ingredient that does not skimp, however, is chicken. And it goes on to say that you think that your African heritage has an influence over how much chicken you eat and that you love chicken. Talk about, because I, I'm, you know, the wife and I cook a lot, um, almost exclusively. We almost never go out for, for restaurants. If we do, we're these people, we sit down at a restaurant and we pick apart the food and try to figure out exactly how they made it. The spices, the ingredients, the, 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 co- the, the cooking styles and, and, and all that. Um, what is, what is, is there a favorite palate 
that's unique to cooking chicken in in Africa that you'd like to share? The the one thing that I can relate to with a chicken dish in Namibia, Afrikaners, um, Afrikaans people have um, really amazing dishes, food dishes as well. Um, and there's this one dish with chutney and mayonnaise um, in, a ch- in a chicken dish and brown onion soup. Uh, so it's a very particular kind of a sweet taste. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's a very uh, sentimental dish for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Otherwise, uh, meat, meat in general um, in Africa is pretty big, called kapana. Um, and kapana is uh, this really um, traditional meat that they, that they uh, cook and put the spice on. And it's just really amazing. Yeah, so I think when I think of Namibia and dish and culinary things, I think of that kapana and uh, really good chicken <laughs> dishes. Interesting. You know what? I'll have to look that up. And uh, before I post this, uh, I'll, I'll post a link to a recipe. How about that? But this is long before I was married. I had a, had a studio and right next door to me was, was a, a Nigerian family and with an old grandma who cooked everything from scratch. They would bring the spices in from, from Africa regularly. So they always had those and they, they basically adopted me. So I would be over there all the time eating their food. It it, it was magical. Again, I want to tell people we're speaking with David stars. His website is davidandthestars.com. So let's talk music, man. Uh, And let's start with your collaborations uh, with some local DJs there in Berlin. DJ, uh, is it uh, Keytech or Kytech? It's pronounced Kytech. Kytech. Thank you. Let Me Fly is the song. It's got this smooth, seamless pop and Infectious hooks. I mean, I, I the moment the moment I heard it, I was I was locked in on it with with a great line. Let me just fly away, or let me just die this day. Are those your words? And and talk about that collaboration. Yeah, that's those are words that I wrote for okay. that song. That collaboration is with a with a good friend of mine, um, Kaitek. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he's from he's from poland originally um and he's just this amazing producer who um m- myself and him we, we do very well in the studio yeah this kind of happened in the beginning of our studying together we started doing these studio sessions and the vibe was just going and uh, we, we we felt the the music and that's i think that song really has a lot of that energy in it it does it does and, and you also did another song with him the eyes that has this great open bass line uh, i was just speaking with a with a dream pop band here sizigal and they introduced live drums on top of on top of the the computer rhythm which really just centers it and anchors it and gives it that 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 connecting human element, which I, so I really love that about, about the eyes. There's also some great elements that reminded me of the French artist Drome. Alors, 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 alors,
taf te dit les thunes Qui dit argent dit dépense Et qui dit crédit dit créance Qui dit dette te dit huissier Et lui dit assis dans la merde Et qui dit amour dit les gosses et dit toujours et dit divorce et Qui dit proche te dit deuil Car les problèmes ne viennent pas seuls Qui dit crise te dit monde Et dit famille et dit tiers monde Et qui dit fatigue dit réveil Encore sur de la veille Alors on sort pour oublier tous les problèmes Alors on The Eyes was, I think, uh, mostly Kitex production. Uh, so the the baseline, we we did a lot of the producing together, uh, uh-huh. and we came up with the melodies and, and and all that. But The Eyes was um, a song that was inspired by um, Scarface, um, the film Scarface. It just kind of grew from that idea, and that's how we developed it. We had developed it from this like just this funny idea yeah, yeah. and um that that's kind of where the purity comes from from those first two songs as um the eyes and um let me fly because you've done so much really great solo stuff is it is it difficult for you to to share writing a melody especially since i i find so much meaning in your words uh in, in your lyrics yeah, but in in the eyes and and let me fly you 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 really simplified that nicely which i think showed a, a great lyrical expertise on on your part that you guys had had really had really mastered the songwriting aspect um but is is it difficult to share the songwriting or is it is it actually interesting and fun and and sort of building the that that creative energy uh, or riding that creative energy to uh, to collaborate with someone. Yeah, that's um, it's a it's a great question. I mean, these things are very dynamic. Um, how they happen, and how um, the the words finally are the thing on the on the paper. And myself uh, personally I've done better in the past um, doing by myself writing mm-hmm. and having my own space and my own headspace not necessarily collaborating with the words greater control creative control um, but that's something I'm also trying to let go of a little bit um, and the the eyes and the, those songs I think I was I was in the studio with Kaitek and I was there with a pen and paper and mm-hmm. he was doing the thing on the computer and I was sitting by the side and um, doing the, the words 
um i i never i i love i love songwriting i i absolutely adore the, the process of songwriting um it's a kind of a meditative state for me <laughs> and um kind of like painting or all these other things that do you do other other kinds of of art you know we uh, i i talk with a lot of a lot of musicians and um Anna Soltis, who's on the Sizzikal, uh record, is is a brilliant, brilliant muralist. Creative people almost almost rarely are focused in in one style of of artistic communication. Do you uh, do you do other 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 styles of of art? Uh, I I think. I definitely put my creativity to work in other ways. Video, perhaps? Video, for sure, video. I love video. Uh -huh. um, it's a great way to communicate a message as well. Um, but I don't paint. I mean, I paint, but I don't, like, paint and put it out there. It's yeah, yeah. It's really not that great. And still, um, There's still a kinetic energy that, that sort of feeds off of expressing and exploring different textures and different styles and and visual and aural techniques and all that yeah it's it's a it's your brain functioning on a different vibration and um really setting down with that feeling and honing in with that vibration is is a very wholesome process and very healthy for for just the free flow of everything um, so I, I enjoy doing a lot of creative things. So I also, I also do like economics, I did economics and, and that. So I'm also kept keeping up with economic news and, um, you know, like managing my own funds and stuff, you know, so it's like, mm -hmm. I do, I do that. And I also do my music. So I have these two things that are kind of working and I try to be creative with economics too. Gold. There's such a strong electronic signature in that song, which is a bit unusual for for like your EP is 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 natural sounds, natural instruments, and 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 a really minimal electronic signature. But gold seems to have a, a stronger electronic musical signature. Is there any? Was there any any production? help from from anybody that you were any any influence from maybe your work with with the hustle or uh dj kaitech yeah uh, it's it's a good question it's kind of what the whole um new project was about is this migration yeah. from acoustic to electronic and um kind of more rocky uh, I mean, I'm interested to hear what what your perception was like from going listening from the seller sessions and then going straight to, for example, the music video series. Mm -hmm. um, was that was that kind of jarring? How did you place that from your perspective?
I found was just a beautiful song. I love the electric guitar signature throughout that song. We talk with a lot of blues artists here on, on the show, and it sounds it sounds to me like you've got some strong blues chops. Um, yeah, I love blues. I've been listening to Big Bill, Bronzy, uh-huh. Towns Van Zandt. Yeah. Um, yeah. those are some they have some amazing songs and i love i love the blues so much the whole transition from the acoustic the acoustic thing was just put out there and write songs it's, it yeah. was a kind of a uh, what do you call it the very the genesis mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of david stars and um, the music video project when it came to the electronic music is i, I definitely want to be a kind of dynamic sound mm-hmm. that's kind of where i want to end up as that was my my reach out into the electronic scene into the more rocky stuff and that was kind of shown through this metaphor of losing my acoustic guitar yeah in the videos. yeah i found and i suppose this this maybe answers your question a little bit better than than i did previously i found that you transitioned really comfortably from the electronic side to, to the acoustic side. You have a laid back John Mayer approach to songwriting and, and lyricism. Definitely. Yes, thank you. I, I really try to focus on not losing that and um, staying true yeah. to true to some some type of um, thing that was me. And I think I think that was that was the appeal that I had with with the song you did with with the hustle and with DJ Kaitech. It was still David Starr. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's very kind of you to say. It's good to know that um, it's it translates. Serves them right. The church bells they were ringing, and the religious man was singing. Oh, they all thought they'd be winning by now. But they were thinking serves them right mm-hmm. Then last week on a Monday They all thought it was Sunday But that day was a Monday I swear But they were thinking serves them right Feeling high, then low Don't let your body go But if you dance, dance around Don't let your body down Then maybe it was Tuesday It was whatever you say You ran so that later you let them out I think this song beautifully encapsulates my opening description, the sideways sarcasm, the James Dean squinting uh, scowl that questions everything, and all with a, with a sublime youthful freedom at the sunset of, of innocence. You're, you're a young man, and it, but it also has this great Euro pop flavor. Tell me if, if I got this right. I found in the song a bottom-up indictment of hypocrisy, but with this 
beautiful necessity that youth and life is fleeting and meant to be enjoyed with that that great dance passage, dance verse at the end of the song. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, totally true. So I'm maybe sad. we should cut the interview here while I'm ahead of the game. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, that's that's exactly right, and um, it serves them right. You know, it's all. <laughs> it's I love I love um, what's it called satire. I love mm-hmm. satire and I love cheekiness. I think I think that's that's a, a really great part of your appeal, and and I'll talk about that here in in a bit with with some great examples. The real life. I love the story behind that song. It has a wonderful, sullen psychedelia. Tell tell me about the real life. Yeah, the real life um, was a song that was kind of created between different studios i collected yeah. sounds from different yeah. instruments and then kind of created this puzzle piece and through the story of um the music video series it's it's the final the final scene and uh it kind of summarizes everything that happens within that so within that idea there's the idea of the devil and the angel on your shoulders so you have these two polar opposites things that work in 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 a harmony and that lead things um and in the end it's uh in the end with the real life it kind of the words um the real life kind of play on on that feeling um and that narrative throughout the story um mm-hmm. where David loses <laughs> what is real and um, goes to a, a new place, a new, um, a new place of realization. A lot of different things this is like secret messages in that one um there's like uh the morse code which is like interesting to like put layers and things into is there is there a hidden message with the morse code kind of i mean it's, i mean now now that you know about it you can go check it out um if you want yes. it's been many many years since i've had to use morse code so i'm gonna have to <laughs> Um, yeah, this is interesting ways to experiment with. How much of this music comes out of your experience in, in living in Berlin now? Um, and, and how much of it comes from your life in Africa? Uh, that's a good question. I think the majority of the EP uh, was uh, from Africa. So a lot of the experiences I had was from were from there. But then... Okay. A lot of what I've been writing uh, recently is obviously has come from here. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of the energies that I've been surrounded by here is, is kind of reflected in that. The the things that I kind of draw inspiration from, are, for example, with uh, the one song, the song, 
which is the first song on the the seller seller sessions ep mm -hmm. that song is inspired by this experience that we had here or well, i had here in um, berlin where i was in a bar with some friends and um, we were beatboxing um, a song um, it was billy jean and um, the song came on on the radio um, within like 30 seconds of us beatboxing it. And wow. we, we were like, whoa, this is crazy coincidence out of all the songs in the world, you know, uh -huh. on it, so that comes now. And then um, the following day, uh, or then we started singing, um, we tried it again <laughs> and we did the, da the Dancing Queen. We, um, the next day we went to the ice rink and the song was just blaring on the ice rink when we arrived there. So it was just this amazing inspiration of how things operate within the universe. And um, I was I was with a friend there, and she was kind of like, "Okay, it happens." You know? But for me, it was it was for me it was just like this amazing moment, and uh, that the song comes out of that that um, that experience. I think a lot of creative pe creative people feel that they tap into some energy outside of themselves. I just had a great conversation with Greg Martin from the Kentucky Headhunters. I asked him where creativity comes from because I, I write books. You know, I, I'll build a character and then somewhere in the story, I'll want them to go through the door on the left. And they say, nope, I'm going through the door on the right. And that's when I know that I've that I've built a creative, a, a compelling and real life character, that they have their own intention. Now, my job as as an author is to get them to the ending that I I want them to get to. But I know that they're going to be running all over the map. I just need to try to control them as best I can. I like to think that that's experiential that that is that that's something in my subconscious but there are things that happen in storytelling and art that i don't know that it comes from within me and it feels at times like i i might have tapped into something greg martin says we're all antennas and and if you if you're quiet enough that those thoughts and ideas will find you from outside. I, I'm, so I, I guess I'm asking you your thoughts on creativity, where your creativity comes from. Um, if, if we are tapping into this creative river that runs through the universe. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with what um, uh, the, your friend said there, mm -hmm. um, that we're all antennas. And um, that's 100% seems logical to me to some degree, but in a very dynamic way. So yeah. um, it's very complex and very layered. So in cr uh, creativity and tapping into something, it's not really, it can be t called tapping into, but it also, it just already exists you know, um, within us. And um, it's just about accessing it. So it's not external. It's like, it's an internal thing. And the way your body functions, the experiences you have, the way your brain operates, you know, the way you've been brought up and um, what you eat and all these things, I feel like have this complex effects, all affecting in different ways to push um, your specific brain in the direction 
mm-hmm. that uh, it can connect with with a specific narrative um, yeah. and these yeah. these ideas that are already existing and are flowing are, are, are flowing around. That's kind of a big picture idea. No, no, and and I think that gets us a little bit closer. Um, so then I'm going to follow up with this because I'm also a theater guy and very big on energy, and uh-huh. and, and I've had. I've had people come together for, 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 for my plays that then went off into the world and it was that moment, that precise moment. So there was something fateful in that moment. So this is all meant to trap you a little bit to your ABBA and your Michael Jackson reference that, that there's a synergy and what were those moments a moment of universal symmetry or or synergy that you uh, that you tapped into. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's where that song comes from. It's um, the push, the push, um, the the push, but they won't. They'll push around. It's just this feeling because when she responded to me, she said, "Yeah, it's it's it happens." You know, and ten minutes away, that's uh, that feel, that sensation of this amazing thing happening, kind of like fades, and yeah, it's yeah. it's just it's just it's been proven to you that something divine just happened. You know, it's just uh-huh. been proven. Probabilities of that happening are minis- min- minimal. Yeah. So They'll run out and play the lottery. Believe <laughs> exactly, exactly. So be- believe it, you know, and um remind yourself constantly remind yourself and that's where i think that song was very important for me is like it's a constant reminder whenever i hear that song that there's this amazing connection um that's that's just it just works like these synergies you know things are um when things happen uh not coincidentally but it's Mm -hmm. it's, Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it happens uh for a reason so I've been portraying kind of the darker side of you as as a lyricist and, and musician, but I want so I want to I want to sort of balance that with Fool's Gold, which is this post punk folk, lighter, somewhat more optimistic song, but with that that retro Kerouac feel. Tell tell me about Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold. <laughs> Fool's Gold is a is a song that I wrote when I just started out really being serious about songwriting. Yesterday I dreamt of you. You sat me down and you walked me through the fast. Laying down a rabbit hole mm. Forget not what you were told mm. Mesmerized by a blinding light You heard her crying in the dead of night She closed her eyes and felt the cold inside Lines when desperation strikes. And I think it's a collection of experiments of different just visions for what I can see this song entailing and mm-hmm. what um, kind of plays are happening. Um, yeah. So you have this image of this 
this uh, bird, which is a songbird, but it's broken its its wing and the the crashing, you know, the crashing mm-hmm. of this this bird and the ground was harder before the crashing. It kind of just I I love these uh, ideas of reflection and go and pushing those out. So I think that was a bit bit of an experiment that song. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a very long song and more folky. And it just really reflects me. When you're writing lyrics, do you do you think in terms of when I write poetry, I'm sort of in this space between the visual and and the verbal. So I'm I'm cognizant of the the verbal rhythm, the rhythm of the words and the lines, but I'm also locking into these these visual elements. How how do you how do you come to lyrics? The visual element is a big one for me. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's people who connect with us differently. Um, and yeah. I think just like you, uh, I have a very big visual element. It helps me a lot to imagine something going on, you know, some person walking down uh, the street <laughs> with some shoes mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you can describe things and just really painting the picture, so to say, um, with with your imaginary images and that and that helps narrate what whatever you want to write about let's talk about innocence the song not not the concept but but the song Innocent come and find me. I prayed for love, but she won't answer me. Those are, are really, really powerful uh, and beautiful words. And, th- and, then you, and then you do this to us. You end the song with a sustained hanging note, which is just breathtaking. I- I'd love to know uh, how the song came together for you. The song... Uh, I'm glad you you connect you connect with the song. Um, the song is very sad in a way, but also very um, wholesome. So for me, it was yeah. an experience of just my feelings of abandonment. I think, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's where where it all stems from. And yeah, I spent a lot of time uh, just really thinking about myself and w- w- what I'm feeling. And I think that's where that that came through, like the serpent tongue become to slant me you know it's like a reflection of myself to to, to myself there, and there's such a strong visual element throughout that song white snow there, there's there's so much there um it, it's just a magnificent piece thank you thank you very much the wicked and the homeless has a great john mayer waiting for the world to change vibe Tell, tell me about the song. So the song came about, father has a friend who works refugees through the UN. 
uh-huh. and um, she we had this this basically a conversation around a dinner table what's actually going on and she told me a little bit about what she's what she experienced through her life and stuff so that night I went home and um, I wrote the song the few days later I, I sent her uh, just a recording on the phone and uh, she loved it um, and then she invited me to coffee and I brought my my guitar and uh, I was just there in the coffee shop playing her the song um, so it was it was uh, that's kind of the genesis of the song yeah it also has that bluesy feeling right that very like, mm-hmm. there's always room for the wicked there's always room by the sea there's always room for no one Oh, there ain't no room for me There's always hope, said the captain There's always hope if you pay There's always hope on weekends Oh, there ain't no hope today How's, how's the club scene in Berlin these days, uh, post-COVID or uh, on the uh, on the the edge of post-COVID? Are things opening up again? Uh, yeah, they they are definitely opening up, kind of. Uh, nice. They still still have these um, barcodes that everyone has to scan, and you know it's, it's kind of a mission to get into places. Um, yeah, and there's yeah. a lot less people, but it's it's still Berlin. The um, place is booming. It's it's uh, buzzing with life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I've been. I don't really do too much clubbing per se. I rather go out and. Um, do like an open mic or uh, go okay. see some li- live music. Uh, there's uh-huh. a lot of live music here and a lot of like uh, punk scene bands um, that I'm, I'm just really into, uh, especially these little spaces. And yeah, yeah. They, they get really packed and uh, <laughs> it's just really intense energy. I, I absolutely love it. I've never experienced anything like it. So to get into clubs, uh, you have you have a, a barcoded card or pass or what is it yeah so the e the eu works with this medical code i think uh-huh, um, uh-huh. so either you have either you, you're vaccinated or you have um, been recovered and then yeah if you've re- if you've rec- if you've have if you have a recovery you have to go to a doctor or a pharmacy to have proof of recovery and then they give you this eu barcode oh it's brilliant um yeah and then with that you get into places um but at the moment you still have to test on the same day but i think that's going to change at some point and, and here in america we're still stuck on stupid you sort of have to have a vaccination card to get into clubs you, you don't have to show an id with it there's no there's no consideration if you've had the virus and recovered and have antibodies and, and any of that and, and then we have we have this great contingent here of people who refuse to get vaccinated and, and and that creates a whole other set of set of issues when it, it sounds like you guys are doing it right over there it, it might be a thing of also grass is green on the other side you know um once you once you're, you we're all in this situation you know we're all in the COVID thing and there's still a pandemic worldwide pandemic yeah yeah um i must i must say though that this whole thing is really this whole last, these last few years have really opened my eyes to 
a lot of of just things that happen in the world that I wasn't aware of that I'm aware of now. Uh-huh. I found find it very deeply inspiring lately. I've written a few songs about um, just the political and the whole situation about the passports and vaccinations and everything that's going on. I mean, it's it's really quite a crazy time in our lives to be going through. As an artist, how do you respond to that? It was or or do you? Long. I definitely, I think I've gone through different stages of resp- responding. Yeah. Uh, in, the be- in the beginning, I was kind of shrugging it off as in that it won't really affect anything or it's not going to last too long. But then after a while, it kind of continued. And um, then you started seeing, you started hearing of people getting sick and, you know, okay, well, um, this is actually really affecting things around me now. I think I got angry after a while and then I kind of go in through these different stages of being okay with it and just complying with everything and um, just accepting how things are, are, are transpiring and yeah. progressing. But I think I've come to a, come to a point now where I'm really quite confident in, in what I think of what's going on and how I should, should be going forward with this stuff. And that's given me a lot of ability and creativity to draw from. I think just having um, settled these ideas, these huge, huge ideas, which yeah. are like changing this the, our societies around around the globe. You know, um, I think that's that's a, a very honest assessment. But what are you working on now musically? I've written two songs in Namibia. Uh, the one is called Bugs. Um, the other one is hasn't have a name yet, but it's about some cowboys. <laughs> um, and I'm getting those are like the folky ones. Uh, so I'm, I'm busy producing those at the moment, uh-huh. and I want to get them out asap. Um, and then I'm also doing. I've got a space now, studio space uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, that I've started renting out, and um, I have a band project that I've really been wanting to start up again. Yeah, um, and I really want to get mixed into the the scene here, the punk, the punk and uh, rock scene here in Berlin. I really love it. It's just I'm excited about about all of uh, all those projects, uh, and and very excited to hear hear the new songs, man. Uh, introducing a powerful musical talent, David Stars. I almost I almost said the the real your real name, <laughs> Berlin based David Stars. David's first five song EP, The Cellar Sessions, is a must must have for any music collector his videos are a blast but don't overlook his collaborations with the hustle and dj kaitech his website is davidandthestars.com and find him on instagram at david and the stars david thank you man we got let's do this again thank you so much yes thank you so much that was awesome i'm stuck beneath this rock that's 10 feet under cold hearts this cage that's all around. My thanks to David Stars. Links to his website, davidandthestars.com, are in the notes below, along with recipes for South African chutney and mayo chicken and Namibian kapana. Please help support this program by simply hitting subscribe. Until next time, I'm W.C. Turk. Turk.